Let's go to the Lord in prayer now as we come to His uh, holy word. Lord, we ask that you would inspire the reading and the proclamation of your word. Lord, we know that you spoke these words and we have before us the very word of God. And we pray that your word would penetrate our hearts today and would change our lives. Oh God, we pray that And I pray that the words of my mouth might be pleasing unto you, Lord, and that the meditations of our hearts would be pleasing unto you. Lord, I pray that we would exalt you in this time of proclaiming your word. And Lord, if there's anything from me that's not of you, I pray that you would cast it out and it would not even be heard this morning. Lord, we are delighted to hear again your holy word. Inspire this time now by your Holy Spirit. In Christ's name we pray, amen. I'm going to read a a couple texts to get us started this morning, and then uh, I'll have a couple more to share uh, during the proclamation of the Word. First from the Old Testament, Leviticus 19. Uh, There's some statutes there, and we looked at some the other week. Uh, but we're about uh, that dealt with household economics, but this time we're looking at one that, that deals with hospitality more. Uh, Leviticus 19, verses 33 to 34. When a stranger sojourns with you in your land, you shall not do him wrong. You shall treat the stranger who sojourns with you as the native among you, and you shall love him as yourself. For you were strangers in the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. And then from Hebrews uh, chapter 13, verses 1 to 3, let brotherly love continue. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. Remember those who are in prison as though in prison with them, and those who are mistreated since you also are in the body. Thanks be to God for His holy word. Amen. Well, the preacher was finishing a sermon about the problems of excessive drinking. And so with passion, he concluded, if I had all the beer in the world, I'd take it and I'd pour it in the river. And if I had all the wine in the world, I'd take it and I'd pour it in the river. And finally, he he boomed, if I had all the whiskey in the world, I'd take it and I'd pour it in the river. The minister sat down rather proud of himself. As he sat, the worship leader slowly stood and with a grin on her face said, let's sing, shall we gather at the river? (laughs) Old joke. Uh, I am not preaching about anything quite as meddlesome. Uh, as drinking. But I'm going to continue with some non-traditional practices of faith, and and they do meddle in our business just a bit. Today we consider hospitality, and it, it hits you and I a little closer to home. In fact, it literally confronts what you and I do in our homes and in our churches. But as meddlesome as it may seem, the practice of hospitality, that is a welcoming people into our homes and our churches, is quite biblical. Before we look at the Old and New Testament texts more carefully, I want to attempt to define 
hospitality. Uh, Webster defines it as a generous and a cordial reception uh, of our guests, uh, or a generous uh, and friendly welcome, or offering a pleasant and a sustaining environment for people. And the biblical definition would be somewhat similar, but here's what stands out about the biblical practice of hospitality. God instructs us to have concern for the strangers and the weakest among us. He's called us to care for those least likely to reciprocate. Hospitality is relatively easy when the other person can give us something back. Uh, some even practice hospitality with the specific goal of receiving something in return. Maybe some favor, maybe some financial gain, maybe a promotion, maybe some elevation in social status. And certainly the Christian practice of hospitality includes hospitality to our peers. But Christian hospitality also includes an emphasis on welcoming those who seemingly bring little to the encounter, to those who have very little to give us in return. However, most who have practiced this kind of hospitality know full well that they've often found that the least among us have a lot more to offer us than we at first thought. Honestly, when we extend hospitality to such folks, we often find that we receive more than we give. So think about hospitality as a kindness, a welcome, a generosity, a warmth that we extend to family and friends and fellow church members. But it's also and especially includes reaching out to the stranger and the, quote, least among us. Our Leviticus text, for example, verse 34 says, You shall treat the stranger who sojourns with you as the native among you, and you shall love him as yourself. For you were strangers in the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. It's interesting here that the command to offer hospitality is connected to the fact that the Israelites had often found themselves as strangers, as sojourners, as people in need of hospitality. In the time of Abraham and Sarah, they were wandering nomads, people who journeyed far from home. They were in need of the hospitality of the people of those lands. They, were often, they often found themselves as alien and strangers in those lands. Later, they were slaves in Egypt. And, and remember, they wandered in the desert for 40 years. So they were refugees, basically, for 40 years. Later, they were again forced into captivity in, in, by the Babylonians and the Assyrians. Therefore, God gave laws to direct the Israelites to treat the strangers far better than they themselves had been treated when they were strangers. God had protected them during those difficult times, and, and God had been their kind and gracious host and generous host. He provided manna uh, and quail during their wilderness wanderings. He uh, gave them shelter and water in a hot and dry land. So God desired that they offer hospitality to others. We haven't been wilderness wonders, at least I, I don't think most of us have. But we have wandered in the wilderness of sin. We've been lost. We've been estranged from God. 
But God has been incredibly generous and gracious, and he's invited us in through our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul in Ephesians, speaking to the Gentiles, people like you and me, said in chapter 2, verse 12, remember that you were at that time separated from Christ. You were alienated from the commonwealth of Israel. You were strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. And there's that, then there's that marvelous word, but. But now, in Christ Jesus, you who were once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. We've been brought near by the blood of Christ. You, you see, practicing hospitality means that you and I reach out to lost people because you know what? We were once lost. We were once far off from God. We were once estranged from God. And if it wasn't for His grace, we would still be estranged from God. Uh, practicing hospitality means reaching out to people who might feel like refugees and strangers for a host of other reasons. We, we do so in part because we've all needed hospitality at some point or another. I've needed hospitality and kind people when I've lost loved ones in my life. I've needed hospitality when, I, when I've been down, when I've been confused, when I've been upset. Haven't you? Haven't we all needed that kind of hospitality? And I've been offered at times such generous and pleasant and sustaining hospitality that I feel obligated. I must offer something similar back to others. I know it's, it's not the reason my dad passed away so young, but I was a first-year seminary student when my dad passed away. I never lost people really close to my life except for my grandpa. I honestly... For whatever reason, God chose that timing and that experience so I could learn what it was like to lose a loved one. I think God taught me a lot during that time about hospitality. We had a minister who stayed with us uh, during part of that time, and I just learned some things about you know, what it meant to try to walk with people. I'm still learning what it means to try to walk with people. You see, the Old and New Testament teaches us that because we've all needed hospitality and we continue to need it, we need to offer it to other people. Consider also our New Testament reading today. Hebrews 13 says, Let brotherly love continue. Do not neglect to show hospitality for, to strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unaware. Remember those in prison as though in prison with them and those who are mistreated since you are also in the body. Or Romans 12, 13, contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Or when you get home today, read Matthew 25 once again and it shows very clearly in the, in the story about the final judgment where Jesus is clear when you feed the hungry, when you give drink to the thirsty, when you go to visit the person in prison, when you welcome in the stranger, when you clothe the naked, it's as if you're doing those very things for Jesus. 
Or how about Jesus' teaching in Luke 14, beginning with the 12th verse? He said also to the man who had invited him, When you give a dinner or a banquet, do not invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives or your rich neighbors, lest they also invite you in return and you be repaid. But when you give a feast, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind. And you will be blessed because they cannot repay you. For you will be repaid at the resurrection of the just. And folks, Jesus didn't just teach hospitality. He lived it. Even a casual reading of the Gospels reveals Jesus as a gracious host. He's welcoming people in. He's, he's always welcoming children. He's welcoming tax collectors. He's welcoming prostitutes and sinners of all sorts into his presence. It's very clear that hospitality was taught in the New Testament and the Old Testament. And we see there a particular emphasis on helping those who cannot repay us. Yes, we receive a blessing in the end. We get a reward in heaven. Yes, we often receive a blessing in the moment. But we're to extend hospitality because Jesus extended hospitality. And he told us to do likewise. And we need to remember, church, that the first hospitals, the first orphanages, the first institutions and facilities for the elderly were established by Christians. We have a long history of hospitality. There were no places for people like that in the Roman Greco world in which Jesus came. But the Christian church began to establish places of hospitality and care for people around the world. Now here's where I begin to meddle a bit. How do we do it? How do we practice hospitality? Well, it must begin in our hearts. Intentionally caring for others begins by making room in our hearts for people. It means seeing Jesus in every person. If they're hungry, we ought to visualize Jesus hungry. If they're suffering, we really ought to visualize Jesus suffering upon the cross. Becoming hospitable also means recognizing the dignity of every person. Recognizing that each and every person is someone that Jesus died for. If you and I are struggling to have compassion for people, we need to begin by asking Jesus to open our hearts and our minds and our eyes so that we will really see people. We need to ask Jesus to help us see people through His eyes. Through His eyes. We need to ask Jesus to help us see Him in those other people. And to see in each person again someone that Jesus died for. And then if we have a heart for people, we're going to begin to make room for people. Hospitality is often defined as making someone feel at home. Making them feel at home. And according to Christine Pohl, who wrote Making Room, hospitable places are comfortable and lived in 
They're settings in which people flourish. Such places provide shelter and sanctuary. Not only the shelter of a physical building, but also the shelter of relationships. Such places are safe and stable. They offer people a setting where they can rest and collect themselves. So how are we doing in our homes? And I'm not going to dwell so much on strangers this morning. Maybe that's too hard for us. Maybe, maybe in the time in which we, we live, we, we see that as too risky. But how are we being hospitable to the people around us? Too often, we're strangers to friends and family. Too often, we, in today's world, do not even know our neighbors. Someone has put it this way, we are short not only of tables that welcome strangers, but even of tables that welcome friends. A gut-wrenching question for some of us might be, when was the last time we invited a neighbor over or a fellow church member? I know we're busy, but I wonder what we need to do maybe to open up our homes a bit more. Maybe it's inviting someone for a very simple meal and a dessert. And I intentionally said simple because we want the focus to be on the relationships, not on the food. Joetta Slayback, author of Extending the Table, writes, Hospitality will be most satisfying for both host and guest when we serve foods that are easy to prepare and serve and eat. Basic hospitality. Because gathering around food is often a wonderful place to share life. It provides opportunities to hear people's stories. It provides opportunities to speak healing into people's brokenness. It provides opportunities to pray over their brokenness and to pray for one another. And what about our church? Oh, what are we doing as a church, folks, to make people feel welcome here? I don't know if they still do it or not, uh, but at one time, AutoZone had a drop-stop 30-30 rule. Employees were to drop or stop what they were doing and welcome customers before they were 30 seconds or 30 feet into the store. What would happen? What would happen if all of us agreed today, we're going to adopt a similar policy that, that we're going to decide today that we're going to warmly greet visitors just as quickly as we can on a Sunday morning? What would happen if it wasn't just visitors, but we decided, I'm going to warmly greet and engage my fellow church members and maybe I can't get all around the sanctuary, but I'm going to engage the ones around me. I'm going to be concerned about them, and I'm going to pray for them. But we're going to get to know one another better. We need to ask ourselves those kind of questions, folks. We need to ask, how are we rejoicing with those who rejoice? And how are we mourning with those who mourn? Are we taking hospitality to our homebound and facility-bound members? Are we letting them know that they're still part of the family or do they feel like aliens and strangers? And this is probably one we've all struggled with during COVID. I'm going to be vulnerable and tell you that I've struggled with it. I have. There's times I've allowed myself to be paralyzed by fear because I didn't want to take anything to anyone. And we need to be careful. We need to be cautious. 
But at the same time, all appearances is that the virus is here to stay. We got to find some better ways to practice hospitality. Yes, be cautious, be considerate, be sensible. But we got to find ways to practice hospitality. What about our kids? I mean, have we really included them? Church, have we received our children with, with open arms? That's a question to ask. But what about the person whose beliefs are not quite the same as, as yours, but, but they're seeking? Or what about the person who's been deeply wounded by the church? Have, have we made room for them? We've got to ask and answer a, a host of questions like this if we're going to practice a biblical practice of hospitality. And it really goes back to our two main biblical texts, Leviticus 19. You shall love him or her as yourself. Let brotherly or sisterly love continue. How are we extending hospitality? How are we extending love? Let's pray together. Lord, I have fallen short of your glory on this one. We all have. Even before a virus and pandemic, there's been times when we have walled ourselves in. And it's been about me and mine and, and ours and instead of reaching out. And Lord, we've, we've at times also quickly passed judgment instead of seeing someone as, as a person you died for. We've forgotten at times just how lost we were, how strange we were from you. We, we've forgotten that we once were no people, basically. And it's only by your grace that we're now the people of God. So Lord, open our eyes to see other people. You've called us to welcome others in. We just ask that you would open our hearts to people. Help us see them the way you see them. Help us, again, see each person as someone you died for. I pray, Lord, that we would reach out to people lost apart from Christ and that we would welcome them in. We, we pray that our homes would be places where people find comfort and places where they know they are loved and welcome. We, we pray that people will see the love of Jesus modeled in us. We pray likewise that our churches, the Christian churches around the globe, would be places of great welcome. We pray that when people come, that they'll just know that we want them among us. We pray that here in this place, they will experience the love of Christ as it's modeled in our lives. And again, oh God, where we have failed you, forgive us. And turn us around this very day that we might extend your hospitality and your love. In your name we pray, Lord Jesus. Amen. Now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, 
and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with all of you, today and forevermore. Amen.